there's a new bar in town. Welcome to the Turnbuckle Arms, where the banter flows like wine and the topics are as fresh as an ice-cold pint. So pull up a chair, grab yourself a glass and welcome your hosts, The Brood! Hello and welcome back to the Turnbuckle Arms, the only pub that's remained open during this national lockdown. Uh, my name is Chris, Big Chucky T, uh, and I'm your host for this month. This is now the six months of the Turnbuckle Arms, uh, of the special episodes in between. Um, there are many of those, but this is the main episode, of course, and yeah, number six. I'm joined by fellow Brood members here. Please give us a wave, everyone. How are you all doing? We, yep. we have with us Grizz. That's me. <laughs> Joy, Lexi, Jason, a massive welcome back to Matt. Boots. Hey, ding dong, <laughs> In this uh, very special episode, we're going to be celebrating the thirty now thirty plus year career of one of the greatest of all time. He is. The Ayatollah Rock and Roller, Carenza de Leon, the pain maker, list creator, man of 1,000, and four holds the best in the world of what he does, the demo god, the champion, Y2J, Chris Jericho. Yay! I deserve one just for that. <laughs> and a slightly sadder note, we're also repaying respect to the late, great Eddie Guerrero, who passed away, I think, 15 years ago uh, this year. A uh, great friend uh, of Chris Jericho, of course. Uh, many a tale between those two, I'm sure. So we'll get to that later on. Uh, this is an anniversary of Jericho. We're going to start with a toast of Jericho. We've been having some Jericho-themed cocktail ideas throughout the last couple of weeks, and uh, we're going to discuss just a few of them. Now, Lexi, I can see you've got something in your hand there. Would you like to talk a little about this first cocktail? I have what is officially known as a lion tamer. Ooh. So, um, oh, there you go. I'll bring it close to the camera. I've got floating ice cubes in it, not to dilute it, because, you know. Um, and <laughs> it is uh, one part Southern Comfort, it's one part lime cordial and it did have powdered sugar in it, which is icing sugar, um, but it kind of dissolved. So, sorry. There you go. If you want to make it at home, there you go. Drink it in, man. Drink it in, man. That's very nice. We're going to be posting some of these recipes on social media afterwards. So have a go at yourself. Uh, for me, mine's a little simpler. The Ayatollah of rum and cola. Very simple. One shot Bacardi. Coke. That's it. Simple man. Many <laughs> Uh, the other one we also came up with is the lime and salt, or lion salt, uh, which is basically a margarita with a salt rim. Again, nothing too fancy. Has anyone else got any Jericho themed cocktails? Well, there's a mimosa. Yes. Oh, a little mimosa. bit of the bubbly. With uh, emoji. <laughs> yeah. Which, which I did plan to buy uh, for tonight and I completely forgot because I got so tricked. <laughs> no worries, that's absolutely fine. So. Roundtable discussion now. Uh, so really, we're going to be asking the brood members in turn a little about why uh, Chris Jericho has had such career longevity. Um, what our favourite face of Jericho or period of Jericho has been. Uh, some of your more maybe favourite matches or dare I say hated matches. And there's one for me that I'm going to pull out. Um, and then what's next for the man himself? You know, he's obviously very good at commentary, uh, but where does he see himself in the next 30 or so years in, in wrestling? Um, so moving over first to Jason. Why do you think Chris Jericho has been around for so long? What, what's the secret to his long term success? Uh, so I think he's got great adaptability. Uh, I think he um, is very self-aware uh, in the sense of he knows that actually the old stick doesn't work and therefore he needs to definitely change it up. Uh, so that might mean saying I need to wear different outfits. I mean, it was, I mean, he had a period where he was wearing trunks rather than long trousers as well. Um, so stuff like that. I mean, I mean, they used to do his beard in ridiculous ways. Some, some of them were fantastic. Or he wore a man bun and all those different things. Um, uh, but all, all those were just saying that I'm going to do something for a period. And I think every time it tended to work when he went away and then when he came back, he always had a different kind of gimmick. I mean, I know he did the 
Y2J countdown, but then he came back with another countdown or something else. I'm trying to think what it was at the time, but it was a different thing. And then he, uh, and he went, of it. yeah, and then he went to Japan and he said, well, I'm going to wrestle this way. I, I mean, he even claimed that was the reason why he put weight on. Because um, he, he says that going, you, you, most guys there look bigger. They look, uh, having a gut, he said, tended to work. And that was the reason why he had that kind of figure. It's a good excuse, though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm just woken up from my run in Japan as well. He's just ready for the next fight. Um, but, yeah, so that was that was his claim. And But, I mean, all those things are quite clever that he's saying, I'm going to present myself in this way mm-hmm. for this period of time. And and, and because of that, he's, he's definitely just one of the best at that. And that's why he's still going, isn't it? I mean, there's evidence of that yeah absolutely you know and uh, like you said you know it is he chooses to do these things and it means he's still motivated by his passions you know and surely not by money at this point although AEW does pay him very well yeah i'm sure he doesn't need that so yeah it's really good i'm just going to mix it up actually um, jolly though with a slightly different question for you actually to be fair what has been your your favorite face of jericho um there's quite a few i mean I've, he's he's one of the wrestlers that don't matter whether he plays face or heel, I've absolutely loved him. Um, but um, I actually really enjoyed his debut um, in WWF at the time when he debuted against um, The Rock yeah. and cut him off. Um, <laughs> I just thought the way that um, the way that he presented himself uh, was fantastic, which would lead to a match which we'll talk about in a bit from me. Um, I just thought everything about him, the cockiness, the um, the more, I know it sounds awful because obviously it was when he was younger, but the more agile of it, that he was, um, mm-hmm. he still he still was the WCW uh, Lionheart um, using the Lion Tamer um, and just everything about him when he came across. I, at that time, I was watching both, so it was really good to see him come from WCW and I still I knew who he was. Yeah. Um, and I just I just thought um, everything about him then um, was just he was still on the ball. He was still doing exactly what he was doing um, in the previous company where he was. And I just thought that's the best thing to do. Don't change it uh, because people knew who he was. Mm. Uh, yeah. So that that's what I'm like. I agree with that. Yeah, it's um, you know, I, I forget. I think that he was so well established in WCW. So for them, it was quite an acquisition, and that was a time where it would have still been quite shocking. I think to see talent jumps. You know, let's not forget he joined along with the rest of um, the radicals as well. So Guerrero, uh, Malenko, Benoit, and Perry Saturn, of course. You know, so a lot of his friends there. But yeah, at the time that was quite a coup for WWF as it was known then. Um, so Lexi, um, hi. Um, my question to you. I can just quickly recall it. <laughs> no, it's here. Is that it, a cocktail uh, kicked in already? <laughs> <laughs> it's a straight beer cocktail. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, so in terms of favourite matches, it is quite hard because Jericho is a man who's obviously career spanned many, many years. Do you have any particular favourites you, know, you could pull out? Um, right. Uh, like we've just said, there's so many. And I think the one for... Um, it, it's going to go way back and um you know i make no secret of the fact that i was a wcw girl back in the day purely because of convenience so mm. seeing things like or being able to witness things on their network has been fantastic so i'm going to go back to 1997 mm-hmm. and i am going to go with one of his matches against eddie guerrero um which was actually on fall brawl for the cruiserweight championship um and it's like a hidden gem because you Mm. forget about the cruiserweight division that wcw had at the time and you know when you look back and you think wow there there was a a lot of talent you know there was juventud guerrero there was um eddie guerrero there was chavo guerrero there was of course y2j there was Rey mysterio jr so all of this and it's just a fantastic match from start to finish um it's not as acrobatic as you would expect a cruiserweight match to be Mm -hmm. but it is still it's honestly it's just 
reversal after reversal after reversal and it is an absolute masterclass um in building the crowd up false finishes and countering and seeing what they can do um if we're talking things like wwe mm-hmm. wf fully loaded 2000 it has to be triple h versus jericho last man standing match not only was it brutal to watch it really sort of established jericho leading on from the mm. cartoony debuting Lionheart Chris Jericho this was the evolution into Y2J fully mm. um and it was really the match that made me sit up and pay more attention to him not that I didn't pay attention to him if that makes sense mm-hmm. um so yeah those are my two matches they're highly recommended to watch so yeah. yeah and you know you forget because he's such a good promo and presence these days you forget what phenomenal talent he actually was in the ring and it makes me want to go back and watch some of those older matches you know mm-hmm. just to see yeah. the real wrestling talent he has of course he's got that far because he can talk because he can wrestle but you do tend to forget the latter there you know purely because he is so good on the mic these days and that's kind of what you expect from him so yeah good recommendations um and, and matt what's what's next for the man himself you know we've heard him on commentary you know obviously he's a bit of a ring general and an AEW leader but you know where do you see him uh, moving on when he eventually retires um i think it's important that he stays in the business because i think he's got so much like experience and so much like talent that he can share with other people mm-hmm. and, and, and I, I know in his last run in wwf or wwe sorry he was, you know, he was putting people over and you know he was actually you know like passing the torch on to a degree even like with his um his the run that he did with fandango um, you know, they had about the WrestleMania match with barely any build. But just like from, I, I tend to watch wrestling from like a technical sort of perspective. So if you watch Jericho, you know, maybe not exactly now, but a few years ago, if you watch the way he moves around the ring, you know, like how he gets in between the ropes, how he gets in that, just like the really little things, that's sort of stuff that needs to be passed on to the younger talent that are coming through. Because, like, you know, like ironing out all the creases and making make sure everything's spot on. Um, I think to Lexi's point about sort of like the WCW days as well, I think he mentions in his book that they, you know, they were always opening the show. Uh, Cruiserweights were always open the pay-per-views mm-hmm. because the powers that be were all, you know, everything was backed on to like the heavyweights and the big names. So they'd always open the Cruiserweight, cruiserweight match and that would normally be the best wrestling match of the night anyway. Yeah. Uh, so you get like Eddie and, and Jericho coming out and they'd steal the show from minute one. And, you know, that's something they had to fight for and push for and, and, and that raises, you know, his effort levels as well. And I think if you can instill that sort of, you know, that, that sort of passion into people, which I think they have gotten a lot of the talent in AEW at the moment, they want to go out and steal the show and do things. You know, he just needs to, you know, he's walking, talking proof of that. But um, I think you can do that while still being in the ring. Um, beyond that, like I've mentioned a lot on social media, like when, uh, especially at the start of the pandemic, where Jericho was basically doing comms week in, week out on Dynamite. Mm. And, and it was Dynamite. You know, <laughs> some of the stuff he was coming out with, you know, like legitimately knowledgeable and, and you know, he, was, he had like proper insight into it, but he just did it in a funny way, kept in character the whole time as well. Mm. Um, I'd love to see or hear more of him, more of him doing that going forward. Yeah, so you know, it's interesting that he's ha- he's had his kind of crack at acting. You know, he's done some sitcoms. You know, he's kind of already done that in an essence, and he's come back to what he knows. You know, unlike The Rock, who arguably has come back part time occasionally. You know, um, all right, Chris Jericho isn't Hollywood rock levels of fame, but he has had a crack at that, and he still sticks with the business. There's a certain sense of loyalty in that as well, I think, because he could do other stuff, and he has done. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And yeah, like you, I'd love to see him inspired. Well, he already has inspired carry on inspiring you know the next couple of generations so uh and Grizz, last but not least of course he said it before but will he work for another company ever again because he has made that promise before and he has had to renege on that what's your thoughts on that well um also it was interesting that you you bring up these don acting and all that because like he's done like hosting jobs especially um one for you to check out robot combat league um <laughs> your alley where, <laughs> where he hosted that, and it's like giant rock'em sock'em robots. And uh, probably in about like three years, my Robot Wars podcast will get up to that. So, Nitty, uh, uh get you on for a little guest spot. But um, yeah, he always says he was a WWE through and through. Um, 
until he was going to retire, was never going to leave. And then all of a sudden, he crops up in New Japan. Mm. And then even like there was a kind of there was even talks. That I think at one point he was maybe considering doing Impact because he gave uh, some fuzzy music to them. And then they're like, oh, could this be like the start of Chris Jericho making his way to Impact? And then I feel like they were like both for glory, like maybe two years ago or something. They were in New York. And there was kind of talks again about Jericho being the mystery uh, participant. So, like, there's always, like, there's always Jericho's name around every company. And more so now, because he always says, I will work for WWE, nobody else. And now he's worked for two other major companies. So, mm. I don't see why, before he retires, why not, why not have, like, a month run before Bound for Glory next year? Uh, Impact, if you're uh, looking to do, like, a kind of... A retirement tour or something like that so like you know like help uh, bump up the guys um mm. that are there maybe you know your next big star um Ed, i mean eddie edwards falls right off the top of my head eddie edwards versus chris jericho uh yes please <laughs> there's my uh metaphorical money for that one um <laughs> or, or stuff like that like there's there's loads of like opportunities still out there and obviously depending on when the world can get back to normal, like it's just going to open up more and more. And even if, um, uh, last thing, even if like you know he decides to step away from the ring, his uh, rock and wrestling cruises seem to be doing quite well. So mm-hmm. you know he could just uh, probably start promoting them for the rest of his life. And you know, oh li- living living wrestling legend Chris Jericho, come get drunk with me on a boat, and then AWO be here recording uh, TV and blah blah blah. So there's many different ventures, and um, oh, let's just see what happens, I guess. Yeah. Well, massive success. You know, there's no reason you couldn't have gone for many more years doing this. So, yeah, the options are there for him, and the world is his oyster, really. I love that idea of doing, like, a TNA appearance, like, you know, kind of grand slam of appearances in companies. I don't know if there's anyone that's ever worked for as many companies as he has. Um, so that would be really special. And I really like the idea. I have to say, I think if he's... You know, eventually he'll be in the WWE Hall of Fame. You've got to think that means he's going to appear for a kind of extended run again, you know, um, just to kind of lead up to that, perhaps, as they tend to do with a lot of uh, Hall of Fame entrants sometimes. So, yeah, we look forward to that. And eventually he'll, he'll kind of come back home, I guess, you know. But of course, I love being AEW. It brings the, the product a little bit of think, and of course, everyone knows who he is. So, Thank you for that. So what we're going to do now is something a little special and different for the Temple Plants. It's the Quiz of Jericho. Think it in, man. Okay. Is everyone ready? Go on. Okay. All totaled between ECW, WCW, WWE, New Japan, and AEW. How many championships has Jericho held? So how, are we, how are we going to do this? Are we going to sh- like show our answers to the uh, screen? You can do it. afterwards. That's fine. All right. Next. Well, are you ready? I'll go on to the next question when you're ready. Give me a second. Need some help. Not going to be for podcast to have silence while the answers are doing. Oh, that uh, 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 an elevator version of the Judas theme. Love that. All right, next question. Where did he get the idea of the countdown to the Millennium Clock for his WWF introduction? There's a famous story as to why he had an inspiration to do it. Um, so I want to know where he saw the kind of idea to do it, in which location. Okay. If this isn't that, then I'm going to be pissed. Matt Shorgan. <laughs> okay. On. In the then WWF, who was his first actual match against? And for a bonus point, what happened? What was the finish? If you're listening at home, I hope you're playing along as well. And next question. 
What was the name was often forgotten facebuster finisher during the invasion angle, which actually helped him win the WCW championship from The Rock. This one had a particular name, and it was unique. As a clue, yeah, it was a kind of full Nelson facebuster. Oh, that was finale. He's misunderstood what a quiz is. Well done. That's what the Mez calls his version of it. Yeah, that's what anyone wants to call the Skull Crush finale. And bonus and final question What was the name of Chris Jericho's father? And which NHL team did he play the majority of his career professionally for? Oh, this is like exam time at school. I just love seeing everyone's faces. Like... Okay. I've done really bad lately. So, um, got a question. See for the first one, the uh, how many how many titles? Um, yeah. Are we doing? Uh, Price's rate rules where it's whoever's the closest without going over? Yes, we are going to do that. So, uh, why don't you just all tell me your answer and we'll, we'll just say. Um, I said 52. <laughs> I went high. <laughs> I went 36. Okay. Uh, 21. 21 and Matt? How many you got? Yeah, 21. Chris? <laughs> 65. Lexington's actually spot on 36 championships that was genuinely a guess because I was talking between 36 and 37 I went I'll go go she should get get an extra point for getting it on the button yeah (laughs) okay next one where did we get the idea of the countdown to millennium clock from the Austin twins turning 18 Answer and deserves a point, but it's incorrect. What? I want to say it's from some sort of rock band that he saw in New York. Okay. Any other answers? I thought it was like a Christmas uh, thing. He was in a supermarket, and it was some kind of count. But it's counting down to the Millennium Clock, and he said to somebody, "I wish that'd be a good idea." It's close. Anyone else? Uh, I just said New Year's Eve in New York. Okay, and Matt, any guess? I just wrote down no fucking idea. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, no, it was actually from his local post office, and they had it behind the counter. Um, This is from his book, A Lion's Tale, and yeah, he said he got the idea. It it was obviously the millennium, but yeah, in his local post office, he saw it behind the counter. So there you go. Okay, next one. I like this one. Yeah, so who was his first match against? And bonus point, what was the finish? Well, I thought it was X-Pac. I'm assuming the rock interfered. Well, I, I, I thought uh, No Mercy 2001 with The Rock. Okay, interesting. But I think, yeah, we're going a little further ahead. Yeah. No, I thought it was like a, just a, a Raw show, wasn't it, I believe. Yeah. I it, was like... it was a Raw show. I put I the road dog and he lost. Show. Sorry. It's like all right. Go on, Grace. I just, uh, I just put down the road dog and he lost. I thought he hurt somebody. That was the thing I thought actually happened as well. He injured somebody. Lexi, any guesses? Uh, I didn't get the opponent, but I thought that it was some type of running. I'm going to give Grizz the point there. It was Road Dog. Oh, my God. And <laughs> so happy. And, and he, he powerbombed it through the table. So it was a DQ finish. So Jericho lost this first match via disqualification. He used to do that sick double powerbomb where he'd pick him up. Ty. So, yeah, well done. Yeah. Chris is very. Stop with your Teddy Long dancing. <laughs> Teddy Long can do that. That was Rikishi dancing. No, that was Teddy Long. No, it wasn't. Teddy Long in the tag team tournament being introduced at the time. So, yeah. Okay, I've, I've already lost count of the score, but you're doing very well. Um, <laughs> what was the name of his face buster finisher during the invasion act? Okay, anyone else? I thought it was a code breaker. No. Was that the other move? Yeah. yeah, that's the new remove. Yeah. The Matt, do you other guesses? The, the light face, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I went 
along with the same thing, Mike, and I went for Lion Tamer, but I don't think it is. Well, that's his. Yeah. That's the uh, the Boston Crab move. Yeah, that's his, uh, Wolf Jericho. Mm. Me, this is my favourite period of Jericho. Um, yeah, the little like red streak in the back of his hair, right at the bottom, I think as well. Um, it was the breakdown. Uh, so, congratulations. Very good. Yeah. Chris, are you just necking that straight? Yeah, I got too excited. You absolute <laughs> madman. <laughs> Right, lads, can we put an embargo in? Instead of getting Grizz some new gear for Christmas, can we all sort of do some sort of injunction, please? Not injunction, intervention, please. Uh, do I have to come? Yes. Oh. What else? Final one. What, 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 sorry, sorry. Yeah, final one was, yeah. So who was Chris Jericho's father? And which um, energy team did he play for? Um, I know it. I can't remember his first name, but obviously it's is it, uh, Irving or Irvine. Mm. And I'm, I'm assuming it's like the Canadian Penguins or something like that. Ted Darrowvane, New York Rangers. Anyone else? Uh, I think New York Islanders. I knew it was, I knew it was New York. But I can't remember which team. Okay. Saskatchewan. I don't know. Uh. I've gone with Mr. Irvine. <laughs> <laughs> and I just wrote down, they play in blue. And then I did a really rough sketch and this is why i won't win any artistry awards but i think that's the kind of jersey yeah. that they yeah. play in he's not he's not in the scouts <laughs> i was thinking more it looked like a jockey but i didn't have a blue pen to hand and to be honest with you i don't want to hold up a quiz for a blue bloody pen his name's david wasn't it his dad's name that's, that was what i thought no grizz again master of jericho yeah ted irvine or Irving, and it was the New York Rangers, which do play yeah. in blue. So. Do they play in blue? They do, so congratulations. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure uh, like, the, uh, the Rangers name is down, like, yeah. kind of across the shot. Yeah, core point for the sketch. That was very good. So I've yeah. lost track there, but I think Chris might have edged it just about. So congratulations. Uh, that was good, so I enjoyed that. Grizzly double quiz, double hey. golden grits. I have to say, the only one I didn't know was the championships and the, um, yeah, that was it, to be honest. Yeah, I love uh, no, I got, I got the countdown clock. Countdown clock, yeah, I got, I got to say, big fan, you know, I read the books and that's most of those books. So, yeah, well done, everyone. Okay. Uh, so, moving swiftly back on and well done again, Grizz. Um, I wanted to talk you know, now a, a little bit more about, you know, one of his great friends and, and great, great suggestion to, to talk about this on the show, you know, Eddie Guerrero, um, what a talent and seemingly what a fantastic person as well. Um, you know, it's good to see Vicky is, is carrying on working, you know, obviously he touched many lives and it's really good to see that she's still kind of, you know, being honoured in her own way and doing her own work. But I wanted you guys to just kind of go around, start with you, Jason, you know, Talk a little about Eddie Grow, you know, why he meant so much to the fans. And I think a little more controversially, there's some other things we'll cover. But, yeah, first of all, you know, what were some of your highlights? Why was Eddie Grow the man he was? He always had kind of a look, which was a smile and a smirk that felt like you were in on the joke. Um, and, and there was always so when he got did something, I mean, he was a face who cheated and got away with it and that was i mean line cheating steel was was the whole thing mm. and you always felt for whatever reason you rooted for that and then when I, I mean i was watching um like wrestle talk were talking this morning they were trying to say that they were trying to do the similar with um what's his name buddy murphy or whatever mm. and because the mysterios were cheating in the match and they said Eddie Guerrero was the only one who could do that, could hold those two things in tension. Don't try and recreate that. Um, I mean, he was amazing in the ring. I watched that four brawl match as well that Lexi was talking about, and it was superb. And it was just, um, I, I mean, the one I remember was Latino World, World Order. I always wanted that to be redone again because that was so good. Um, but you knew that he just wanted to be the best in the ring. I mean, he supposedly had a fight with tried to have a fight with Kurt Angle at one time because he got fed up of how they were str- how he wasn't being as good as Kurt Angle. I was like, Get a- yeah, okay, you- you're setting your bar very high, aren't you? Um, but he was so good and so charismatic. Um, and that was the other thing. He was um, a small physique, even though he did he did bulk up quite a bit towards the end when he was fighting Lesnar and that. Um, but 
Um, he was so uh, charisma, uh, charismatic in that. They supposedly had a list because I've listened to um, JR's Black Hat mm. audiobook, and he was saying that when they talked about the radicals, even though they knew Benoit was the best wrestler, when they heard Eddie Guerrero, they were like, "Are you kidding me?" And he says, "When Vince meets Eddie, he'll just fall in love with him." He says he knew that was one of the things, so he sent him to his house. And he says, "Just meet him." And, and that sounds like a, a wonderful story of the type of personality he was. And um, I mean, he was the best. I mean, his bar was very high in his ability. And and sadly, and you saw how much it affected Dave Batista because they were feuding towards the end, weren't they? Um, and because he obviously loved him, cared quite a bit. Sorry, I've, I've made somebody a bit emotional there. Uh, but it was quite serious, though. Uh, yeah, he was just wonder. He was just a very you could see that obviously he cared about his craft. And he cared about the fans and he tried really, really hard. That would be my take. Mm, yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, something that he did admit was during his kind of championship run. So I'm talking about the JBL era, I suppose. Mm. You know, he, he admitted later that there was a tremendous amount of pressure on him uh, to carry that title at the time. You know, and Matt, I'm going to ask you this. Like, did you think you saw any of that in his performances? Because I certainly didn't. You know, what's your memories of that championship run? And, you know, what do you think of Eddie as the, the main man? You know, the, the standard bearer of WWE at the time? Yeah, I think I think at the time you didn't really notice it, but then I suppose when you look back on it with like the benefit of hindsight, um, you can sort of see the pressure and you hear all these stories from other people about how it was affecting it. Mm. But at the time, like Eddie was like, I was really behind him as the champion. Mm. Yeah, you know, it was especially given the time that he was there as well, because you know it was an it was an undersized guy, you know, but for a Vince McMahon company like for a Vince McMahon champion, he was mm. undersized compared to what the norm is. And up until that point, there weren't many people that got the chance to have the title and run with it um, that were his size. So, you know, I used to love what he did, you know, in the ring, all the promos, the, the gimmick work and everything he was doing was fantastic. Um, and you always got the impression that he, he wanted to go above and beyond all the time. You know, whatever match he was in, you know, wherever it was, whether it was a house show, TV, pay-per-view, you always mm. got the impression he wanted to, you know, push, the, push everything as much as he could. I, mean, I think there was... Um, was another time where I think he bladed and he was like literally squirting blood. Uh, it was the match yeah. against JBL and he cut himself too deep. Yeah, yeah. Where Edge got hurt as well, like completely accidental with both of them going hell for leather. Um, so it's yeah. So you know when when you look back at it and put things into context, you can see what he was what he was trying to do and what he was you know what he was achieving, but then obviously the toll that was taking on him at the time as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. You know, it, it's I look back at it as a, one of my favourite periods of kind of SmackDown history. Actually, to be fair, you know, and it, it was it was great. It was a combination of a lot of years of work, Freddie. Um, so moving to you, Jolly, um, wh- who would you like to kind of see him interact with today? You know, if you could build a kind of dream pay per view, who would he feud with leading up to this? And then obviously, you know, who would you like to see him either tag with or just take on in a kind of singles match? Right. So. Obviously, if this question's what well, I didn't know about this question, but so mm-hmm. there's going to be quite a few people that um, I miss out, or some people that uh, mm-hmm. you guys all remember. So the main ones that I could think of, if we're looking at um, the main SmackDown and Raw, um, it'd be the likes of Ricochet, um, just for the fast-paced cruiserweight style. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'd actually quite like him to face someone like Braun Strowman because he had a fantastic match with um, Brock Lesnar um, so I could see him doing really well with some some of the big guys um, and then you've got the likes of again Rey Mysterio because no matter what it was when it was them two would be amazing together um, Alistair Black um, and then if we're looking over at AEW I mean there's not even I can't even I'd be doing the dis uh, I won't be doing the um, good thing of just naming five. There's just the yeah. entire card of AEW to be honest for for Eddie Guerrero because of the way that that company has been structured. Uh, again, you could have a look at um, Cage. You could have a look at the Young Bucks, um, uh, Matt Seidel, mm-hmm. um, Pack. Uh, absolutely good call that. Omega. Uh, yeah. Omega, yeah. As I said, the, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, 
they've they've got uh, AEW have got a a company together as I said that uh, no matter who you can put in with you can you would be able to put that as the main bill or uh, that would be the match that people would talk about more than anything else. I mean, the amount of matches that, like what Lexi was saying with WCW, the amount of matches that he was in in WCW and people were talking more about that than the main card of the main event. Um, so to be honest, I think anyone that, anyone in the world, um, Okada, if you're looking at um, New mm-hmm. Japan, um, um, anyone that you put him in the ring with would be a gold would just be gold. It would be a five star match. So um, I would be doing the. Uh, I won't be doing it justice by naming certain people, but as I said, uh, there are going to be more people out there that I haven't named. But I think no matter who he is, who is with, I think it'd be a fantastic match, and it would be a talking point in any show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, it's, you're right. It's very difficult to put that down. He was so great at basically taking on anyone and having a great match for them. It's difficult to match him up with anyone, you know, really, because it could be anyone. So quite right. And, and it was, you know, leading on from the point about AEW, like, would you have seen him? Do you think sticking with Dojo, you know, E, do you think the loyalty would have been there these days? Or could you see him in a, a TNA or an AEW? Because I think I could, to be fair. You know, I think that there would be too much talent these days. And someone in the prime of his years, he would have been. You know, yeah, I think perhaps he could have jumped. What do you think? Well, um, I think I've, I've got somebody else that could answer that question for for me. <laughs> so, usually listening, it's like the kind of, I don't want to call it, they were WWE like buddies, and I certainly have one when I was young. And, um, yeah, they didn't really have, like, any fingers or toes, but they're just, like, little huggable toys i would say lovable but this one i'm seeing in front of me is not so much so <laughs> it's like looking in the mirror uh so <laughs> toy grizz and just about real grizz what do you think yeah well i kind of feel like the way that um <laughs> eddie guerrero could kind of be like chris jericho in the way with how like i would not mind if he like kind of went away for a while, as um, Jolly was kind of saying, mentioning everybody from New Japan and AEW. So I, I would not be surprised if, um, like, he actually just tri- tried to sort of venture over there, like, you know, new talent. Because if, uh, you know, Eddie was still alive today, he would have pretty much wrestled everybody on the WWE roster. So like Jericho, I wouldn't be surprised if he sort of went away for fresh talent, fresh matches, and... Um, you know, just tried to just expand his um, sort of wrestling list of people. Kind of similar how how Cody did as well. Like when he left WWE, the first thing he did was make a a list of people that he wanted to wrestle, and um, I think like he pretty much accomplished that. And I wouldn't be surprised if Eddie Guerrero was the kind of person that done the same thing, because as we kind of mentioned um, before, like. Eddie Guerrero was such a perfectionist. And so could you imagine like people like Kenny Omega, who's also very perfectional, perfectional, sure, let's go with that. Um, and his kind of wrestling ability. Um, so yeah, like I would I would reckon it would be good for him to like have expanded from WWE at some point. Yeah, I, I can see that. I think he would have, you know, yeah, wanted to play his trade elsewhere, challenge himself, and like you said, pass on the, the knowledge to the next generation, definitely. And, and Lexi, so not known for really being in any tag teams, obviously famously, you know, we'll see him ever tag with someone else, and is there any kind of fantasy tag teams you'd like to see him in? As bizarre as it sounds, I think him and Seth Rollins actually sometimes have a similar moveset, and I would have liked to have seen that, as bizarre as it might have been. They could have done a very good kind of straight man, funny man a couple, I think. So, you know, any kind of fantasy tag teams you'd like to see in Eddie create? I like, I like that suggestion with mm. him and Seth Rollins, but I'm going to go a little bit left field. I'm going to come up with two. I'm going to say put him with the likes of Pete Dunn. Love because that. Because Pete Dunn is essentially the enforcer. Eddie Guerrero is the show off, the, you know, and that's not to take away from Pete Dunn, but because they are so different, I think they'd work. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say, and again, I will put a little disclaimer before I say their name. Um, I do not condone what they've been accused of doing. Um, but I would say put in with the Velveteen Dream. Oh, okay. Because it's very obvious you can see Eddie's influence on the Velveteen Styles style mm. of wrestling. Um, so it would be quite nice to see how they would play and interact with one another. And then one that's just come into my head is uh, Sammy Guevara. Oh. Again, ah. not condoning what he's done. Mm. Um, we all know, you know, but... Yeah, absolutely. I think I'd like to see that because I genuinely, when I watch Guevara in the ring, mm. I'm reminded of the very early WCW um, Eddie Guerrero. Um, and I think it's absolutely fantastic to see that. And under the wing of Eddie, I think the sky would have been their limit, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, there's my three. Mm-hmm. No, I really like that idea. Yeah, the kind of Spanish teaming up. Yeah, you know, and you're right, the moveset would be similar again, would be spectacular stuff. So, yeah, really good suggestion, everyone there. So, that's pretty much the end of like the regular show. Um, but yeah, really good contribution for everyone. And, you know, quick shout out to Jericho again. Massive fan for me. I was lucky enough to go see Fozzie, you know, um, many, many years ago. And my defining moment of that is him losing a boot at some point. Uh, off the stage and uh, asking the crowd to have a, a shoe thrown at him so he could carry on. So my, my friend I was with, he, he gladly did that at the time, uh, which wasn't wise because then we had to be out pretty much in London all night long with one <laughs> one less shoe on him. But, you know, he, he really is a kind of rock star, I suppose, Jericho, uh, in many ways. And I, I think that's more than anything is what kind of keeps him going. He, he has something about him. He has that it factor. Um, and, and let's not forget, you know, he's, he's not a second generation wrestler. You know, he's kind of made his own career path. He's always been his own man and he's never been afraid to stand up for his own ideas. So I actually find him quite an inspiration in many ways, you know, so here's to, well, maybe not 30 more years, but yeah, here's to more years of Jericho. So I just want to, to finish by talking um, a little bit about um, some of your best moments of the week, which is a relatively new feature I'd like to do it. Going to put everyone on the spot here, but I'm going to start with you, Lexi. What's been your kind of favourite moment this week, or what's the first thing that springs to mind in this week of wrestling? Right, I'm going to be absolutely honest with you. Full disclosure, I've been off work this week, so I've just sort of like shied away from a lot of what I would normally do. Um. The thing that springs to mind, and I don't actually know whether it counts as this week, but it's Becky Lynch's maternity photos. Oh, yeah. Seth Rollins. Yeah. Now, a lot of people will go, no. For me, it's quite nice for that. And also as well, um, Moxley and Renee Young's mm-hmm. announcement uh-huh. in probably the most professional wrestling manner ever. Yeah. Um, so sort of that it's it's nice to see the it's nice to see the person behind the character that plays them mm. um, and you know to show that they're in that sort of happy place etc etc um, I'm just going to add a slight caveat though I really don't want it to be rammed down our throats when baby Becky Rollins is born um, I don't want it sort of shoved down our throats that it's, you know, yeah, like, so imagine Michael Cole and the network going, and did you know? Mm-hmm. Seth Rock- so that's my thing. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I'm just going to go baby announcements because it's quite nice. It's been a bit of a rubbish year. So well done. Congratulations, guys. Becky looked awesome. Seth looked awesome as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Renee Young's been taking a lot of naps if you follow her on instagram <laughs> um and i'm jealous because i'm like I, I need naps <laughs> so yeah anyway so there we go very good quickly Michael's peggy, shaking peggy, his head peggy he's peggy like off of that. yeah great go ahead uh because do you realize within the past uh year uh roman reigns's wife uh becky lynch and now dean ambrose's wife mm. have all either been pregnant 
already are already had their kid so we now already have the the next generation of shield wow i didn't even consider that that's that's crazy yeah that wow. worries me that line of thinking worries me because like you were saying about chris jericho jericho had nothing to live up to mm. so like and this is part of the worry that i have for dominic mysterio as well because his dad is ray mysterio will he meet that bar will he meet you know the He's achievements and the accomplishments. The bar and a tag team right now, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very good. No, good suggestion. Yeah, congratulations to Becky, uh, Renee, uh, John, of course, and Seth. Um, you know, that announcement was fantastic. I uh, almost did a bit of a double take when John Moxley said it in a promo, of all things. So she did not know that was going to happen. Um, I also recommend listening to the first edition of her new podcast, All Sessions, where the first guest is John Moxley. They've got a lot of stories. They're very honest about their relationship. Give that a little bit of plug there. Uh, okay. And, and Renee's tweet where she tweeted out saying, now I can tell people about how much my boobs hurt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Jason, um, same for you, please, mate. Uh, so I watched um, AEW this week and mm. um, I thought the Taz promo with Cody mm. was very well done. I'd already read uh, a couple of times that Cody had dropped in that the, he wasn't a fan of the FTW title. And you were never sure if this was uh, a work or is this is this legit or whatever. Um, but anyway, uh, I thought it was interesting twist the idea of um in calling the management and that was all good but when they went it's very simple to then like turn off a mic um and then the next minute to t- to put the mic away and then start arguing with each other like i don't want everybody else to hear this i'm yeah. angry with you it's a very simple thing but it was it was felt believable and then he brought up his son so that's what that riled it all up and then he actually attacked him taz did and i was like yes and that was that was i'm a big fan i, I used to be a big fan of taz in ecw um i who is a very very small bloke but i was adamant he was legit and i was like i would be terrified if i ran into him um so i like the uh team taz i think that's great and uh, uh yeah so i think that's a good way of and again it's just another uh, what's the way to look for um back in i mean to be talk about the attitude era that everybody was a star and AEW has that feeling that everybody is a star. And I was like, yeah, I'd watch that as a main event. I'd watch that as this. And that's, that's a really clever way of doing things. That is. And I mean, it's another world title that Cody could go for. I wonder if that's where they're uh, angling. And I thought that was one of the things they might be gearing for, but no, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was really good. Right. It was a, a different kind of emotion. And to see the, the heel Taz kind of get upset almost, yeah. like I said, is a complete reverse of the normal dynamic, you know, and it was brilliantly done because you're right. He almost didn't want the, the TV on him then. You know, he wanted to like put him away and say, you can't say that. You know, and it, it was really well done. Yeah, I agree. That's probably my moment of the week as well, to be fair. Um, Jolly, please go ahead. Uh, I've got two. So uh, one was I've recently just purchased back the network um so i've spent quite a bit of time watching some of the old stuff like the survivor series uh and especially obviously with the uh retirement of the undertaker and there was a section on there called untold and it is randy orton talking uh with the well, obviously done separately but randy orton and the undertaker talking about their rivalry for that year through to WrestleMania 21, um, and he talks openly uh, just to the camera and um, just talking about, you know, how uh, Randy Orton nearly set himself on fire during that casket, because if you didn't know, he actually emptied a full uh, full container of uh, petrol, and unbeknownst to him, uh, it splashed all the way up to his knee, and if he'd have been a foot forward, when he lit the match and put it forward, he'd have been set on fire. Um, but the main, the thing that was a moment for me is that we all knew that Randy Orton in his past has been a dick. <laughs> the stories that are out there. Yeah. And, at the, and at the very, very end, he openly, and I'm, this is a spoiler, so I'm sorry about this, but at the very end of the, of the, the interview, he actually says, um, 
there was a point where I actually realised how much of a dick I was because they were um, rehearsing a, a, their WrestleMania mm. uh, match with everyone. And he was four hours late. They'd already done it without him because he'd been on the drink that night and he turned up four hours later and he had to walk in front of The Undertaker and his dad and everyone else and just basically go, I am so, so sorry that after all this time, all this year of us having this feud, I have let you down. And he openly said, and at that point, I mean, don't get me wrong, he's been a dick afterwards, but at that point he realised that this guy, The Undertaker, is wanting to work with me and I have done this to him and he hasn't belted me and told me off. Mm-hmm. And at that point he went, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a dick. And that was actually quite, quite cool to, to um, see somebody uh, who has been renowned as being like that mm-hmm. um, admit it. But the other thing on a separate note is um, the return of uh, MLW on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if you've not seen it, they're doing free free uh, shows every week on a Wednesday, uh, and they've just done a tournament. Uh, and last week, which I've watched this week, uh, their first show back, and it was David Boy Smith Jr. facing Jacob Fatu for the for their heavyweight championship. Um, and um, I absolutely love David Boy Smith Jr. I love Fatu um, Jacob Fatu as well. Uh, if you've not checked him out, it's again it's it's MLW on YouTube. Uh, they've got all their old shows. It's a bit like how it's done. It's a bit like um, uh, NWA, where they were showing their shows every week on on YouTube, and it's all there. It's like hour and a half shows, pay per views, and all that. Go check it out. Um, really, really good, and it's it's nice to see something different than normal uh, WWE and even AEW. So yeah, they're my two picks for this week. Very nice. Matt, same question to you. Um, it's been a busy wrestling week. Um, yep. I think probably the highlight for me in the last seven days or so is that like, WWE seemed to have discovered what the second W in their name stands for. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like, go, to, like, go back to Survivor Series, the tag match between the New Day and the Street Park Profits was phenomenal. Um, and then Roman against Drew McIntyre was phenomenal. Uh, and I think they got the end, like the finish to it was perfect as well, the way they did it. You know, Drew was made to look strong all the way through, even though he lost, because obviously they couldn't really, storyline-wise, they couldn't really sort of like have him go over on Roman. And then Raw was probably the best Raw I've seen in God knows how long, uh, again, from a perspective. So um, Riddle against Sheamus mm-hmm. were an amazing wrestling match. Um, and then Keith Lee against Bobby Lashley. You know, they booked that really, really well. You know, two really big guys, really powerful. You know, they, they, they put it across really well. And then Randy against AJ as the main event. You know, it wasn't the best wrestling match, but, like, storyline-wise and, and storytelling-wise, it was really good. And the way they used The Fiend as well. And then skip two days forwards. Um, and you got Pete Dunne against Kyle O'Reilly in, in mm-hmm. uh, thing. That's just phenomenal. You know, it's two guys basically trying to break each other. And, you know, it was, it was a really good match. And from an NXT perspective, well, that's going like a week after EO, um, the, the women's yeah. title match before as well, which, again, was was amazing. So it's like they've discovered how to actually have, have, have wrestling on their TV shows now, which is which is good. But they're also getting a good mix. They're still using a bit, of, like, a bit of comedy and a bit of, like, weird stuff as well, especially if you watch NXT, like stuff with Loomis and Cameron Grimes. You know, it's it's completely ridiculous, but it's good fun and I know why they're doing it. Like Cameron Grimes, I think his stock is going up week in, week out as well. Mm. So it's a nice it's a nice break, like isn't it? Man, mm. would you say that would you say that his stock is going to the moon? Absolutely, that's definitely on the right trajectory anyway, so <laughs> Very nice, and yeah, they Kyle O'Reilly picked up that ladder spot was was sick. To be fair, you know, um, it was really brutal. Kyle was having a great year, obviously against Finn as well. Yeah, you know, big fan of him here, obviously. Um, but yeah, good on. And you're right, it, uh, even I like I don't watch a lot of it, but even I can see there's a bit of an upswing, you know, at the moment in the the quality I think of um, WWE television. So be interesting to see you know where they go into the new year. Uh, and finally, Grizz. 
Last but not least. Sorry, just say that uh, Daniel Bryan against Sami Zayn was a good match this week as well, yeah. if you haven't caught it. And, I mean, Kevin Owens against uh, Jey Uso was a good one as well, actually. So, I mean, it, this SmackDown was very good as well. So, yeah, you, you're definitely right. The wrestling's it's, been very good. It's It's been a good week for WWE uh, across the board. Yeah, sounds yeah. it. Then, yeah, but I will uh, probably watch that at some point tomorrow. So mm-hmm. it's good to hear yeah. that at least I'm going <laughs> into something good. <laughs> and what about you, Grace? If it's not been too spoiled, what was your favourite beat of the week? Um, well, yeah, like surprisingly, I am actually going to bring up NXT stuff because I do always feel like, okay, not all weeks, but a lot of weeks, AEW definitely always uh, tips the scale over NXT on the, the Wednesday Night Wars. But um, two segments in particular. One was the the opening match with uh, Ember Moon and Candice LeRae. Like I like both women. I don't know why. I just didn't enjoy this match very much. But what made me care was the aftermath where Tony Storm came in and backed up uh, Ember Moon, and then they even done the thing where it's like, right, okay, we're we're going to jump in and then we're going to kick their butt, and then they both start to run. And then Tony just stops and drags Ember out the ring and then throws her to the steel steps. I'm like, hello, something's happening here. <laughs> and, um, Commentary. Hello, something's happening. <laughs> and then uh, then later on it was announced that, like, because I, I originally I thought it was just going to be Candles Array versus um, uh, my dear, sweet Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, um uh, war games at a one-on-one match, but no. Then Candice LeRae later on in the night announced that she is assembled her war games team, which means we are getting women's war games again this uh, this year. Mm. And um, the other segment was, of course, it was the uh, Kevin Owens show segment with uh, Leon Ruff and just all the the kind of deadpan comedy that Kevin Owens was doing when. Um, he starts trying to hype up Leo Rush, and then Leo goes, I beat Johnny Gargano next week, and he just went, oh, no. And then Leo's like, what? What's the matter? It's like, I've done enough of these shows that every time that a wrestler says another another <laughs> wrestler's name, they're going to come out. Wait, 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 watch this, watch this. Three, <laughs> two, one. Oh! Da, 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 da. That, there you go. And then <laughs> Johnny Gargano then then he offers Johnny Gargano a chair and he's like I don't want that and then he brings up another chair um after Johnny Gargano throws that first one at the ring and he's like I don't want that one either it's like oh no this one's not for you um it's just it's just a hunch it's just a hunch and (laughs) then Gargano mentions Damien Priest and he's like he did it again three two (laughs) one then Priest comes out he offers him the chair and uh Priest goes I appreciate it, but I'm good. And then Kevin Owens pushes the chair back at the corner and goes, I don't even know why I bring these chairs. <laughs> <laughs> very nice, very nice. Uh, and, uh, William Regal um, doing yes. the Taylor as well. Player. <laughs> yeah, and then, then the fact that that announced a triple threat match for the North American title, which I am hella excited for, um, because Leon Roth has to win this. Surely. I feel like that title has a lot of triple threat matches. Every time I see that title being defended, it is a triple threat match. But, you know, maybe that's what the lower kind of title cards are for, or matches, I should say. But, yeah, nothing wrong with a triple threat. And on that, I wanted to mention that AEW had a triple threat tag match, uh, which I don't know if they were number four, you know, but I'd like to see a little more of that, actually. And maybe we will. I know Cody's a purist, but for the you know next kind of title match i'd like to see a triple threat personally it opens up a whole other dynamic but that's a whole other show uh but for now we are out of time and we are out here for another month uh thank you for listening hopefully you've been enjoying our content please if you haven't already subscribe to our youtube channel uh or hit subscribe on your favorite streaming platforms uh next month very excited to say it's of course a christmas special um so Please hit us up on Twitter uh, if you have any thoughts or on our Facebook page as well now. Drop us an email at tba.gmail.com because we'd love to have some of the listener questions sent in to us we can cover. Thanks again to Big Johnny, as per usual, for the continued opportunity and support. And everyone behind the scenes that makes this show so special, including Malik, Mad Dog, Angus for our intro and Half Decent for our ring music. Shout out to both. 
Uh, most of all, thanks for the rest of the breweries who have been hosting this with me. Uh, it's been a good show. I've enjoyed it. Uh, we're still here in the pub, of course. Uh, they refused to close down, but we remained socially distanced. So take that, Boris. Um, but there you go. That's the end of the show. <laughs> Thank you very much, everyone. And we'll see you next time. tell people about how much my boobs hurt now i can tell people about how much my boobs hurt now i can tell people about how much my boobs hurt